Friday lunchtime lectures at the Open Data Institute. Hi everyone, uh, welcome to today's ODI Friday's lunchtime lecture. Today's uh, lecture is titled Access to Health, da Health Data for the Public Good. This lecture will be presented by Dr. Tarumala Santra Mandel and Anandita Day, both from iCure, which is an organization based in India. iCure is a primary healthcare provider with a focus on addressing the issues of accessibility, availability, affordability, and trust when it comes to connecting patients with healthcare services. At iCure, Tarumala is a senior research and communication analyst, and Anandita is a data analyst. iCure is one of the six organizations that are participating in the ODI and Microsoft Peer Learning Network for Data Collaborations, and this is one of the many collaborations between ODI and Microsoft, which are aiming to bridge the data divide. Before I hand over to Tarumala and Anandita, uh, just a few housekeeping issues to get past. The first is that we will be recording this session, just so that everyone is aware. Uh, second is please keep your cameras off for the duration of the session and your microphone, microphones muted. And if you have any questions, please feel free to post them in the chat or save them until the end when we'll have a Q&A session. And then you're welcome to air any questions you have to our presenters. So over to you, um, Jumala and Anandita. Is my screen visible? Yes, it is. Hi, a very good afternoon to all of you. I'm Dr. Tirumala and I have with me Ms. Anandita, data analyst. Well, first of all, let me thank the ODI and Microsoft for this great opportunity to be a part of the ODI lunchtime lecture. Before we go into the presentation, a question for introspection. What makes the Amazon, Google, or the Uber so smart and so brilliant with their innovations than the rest? What makes, what are they looking at while others are not? Well, they're looking at your data, the data that you left during your shopping, while on the vacation trip, or while you were navigating from one app to another app. Google and Amazon has this interesting, tremendous capacity to dwell deep into the data using AI and machine learning algorithms to make last mile short or even shorter. This data helps them to draw insights, patterns, and interrelationships to provide its services to you in style and in way that we just love it. This led us to think, how can we create such experience in healthcare at the last mile? How can we map patient data with the NCD disease burden to provide or create societal and economic impact, not just health impact? iCure is a population health management system that brings accessible and affordable care at the last mile using its proprietary cloud-based solution called WIMS. WIMS has the ability to collect data at the last mile that is gathered as part of our services that includes the GPs, the mother and child care, cardiovascular disease management, prevention and wellness, and even providing the community mobilization. This data are collected as part of the medical team, which comes through different use of point of care non-invasive devices. By the clinical data, it also includes the electronic medical records, the surveys, and many more. 
So we understand that data is the lifeblood of healthcare system. But the second wave of pandemic has led to a catastrophic effect in the public healthcare system, leaving the humanity with little or no hope. How could access to the right data could have helped? Let's see some examples. In the case of active COVID-19 cases, burden of comorbidity cases are found to be huge. Almost 80 to 90% of these populations are found to be affected by hypertension, by diabetes, cancer, and many more. In an ideal situation, if we are able to understand the communities who are at a higher risk, where the disease is likely to spread or affect more, can provide enormous information to the health officials to understand and identify the high-risk patients and also provide critical care to them and isolate them. And at the same time, they can also provide preventive care for the rest. So, but in our case, such access to data is not found. And at the same time, if we can understand this community, it can also lead to allocation of funds when there is needed. It could also lead to understanding where the need is most likely to happen. And at the same time, it could also improve the healthcare infrastructure. But in the context of India, a developing nation, we have to confront many more challenges, which includes in terms of COVID-19 safety protocols. Here, the living conditions compels one to compromise the safety protocols. A 40-second hand washing is not imaginable when there's scarcity of water or one has to deal with the water polluted. Here, staying at home is unimaginable where hand-to-mouth existence and even home isolation is not being able to one can manage where a family of four need to share one single cramped room. This led us to become a part of the ODI collaborative ecosystem that brings the different stakeholders to be a part of the learning healthcare system. In this model, we are emphasizing on building a high-risk hypertensive framework that will enable garnering enough insights to predict a cardiovascular diseases and even heart attack in advance. It could also lead to redu reduction in hospital revisits, and at the same time, it could also provide enough insights for the community health workers about the preventive measures that they need to do. So here, the, health, uh, um, the learning healthcare framework actually infuses back the health practices in the healthcare system. This all becomes a part of our open data platform where we will be enabling the data to be shared across the borders, keeping all the privacies intact. But what about the data and its privacy? With the enormous use of advancement in technology where it is providing enough evidence or insights about the data, data collection or data insights is becoming much more easier. But there's a growing concern about the ethical practices. Our ODI workshop has been immensely resourceful and helpful in terms of providing guidance in understanding how can we map data how to use the data and the privacy that goes into making this whole ecosystem work 
and even the data governance. So together, we are also enabling having this open data platform through our data privacy model, which will enable us providing the right information to the right hands to save millions of lives. Before I hand over to Anindita to talk a few of the challenges of the ODI interventions, a quick look about iCure's rapid response for COVID-19. iCure, in a span of over 10 decades, has been able to provide over 12 million population impact. It has treated over 2 million people and is present in almost eight states and providing its technology solutions in sub-Saharan countries and Southeast Asian countries. Our active response for COVID-19 includes the remote health monitoring services, the mass screening camp for the COVID-19 patients, and telemedicine and teleconsultation services. The screening is enabling the last mile access, get access to the preliminary or the primary healthcare where it has been overlooked by our public healthcare system. So together, this effort will bring enormous impact and capability and strengthen our data in-house capability, providing a better access and better services for the people at the last mile. Anindita, would you like to go into the challenges? Yes. Uh, so while we were correct, like collecting the data for this ODI project, so uh, there were a lot of issues that we have faced from the ground above. So, as being a data analyst, I'm always behind the desk, always seeing the data and trying to manage the data from our end so that we get a better analysis. But there's an issue when we are collecting the data from these kind of rural areas and via people who are not really like knowledgeable or they do not really have enough knowledge to know what we are actually collecting. So we provide them with a the training at the beginning of the data collection phase. So we tell them what these questions are for, and we try to make them understand each and every individual questions and why those questions are important. But even after we did that, we have faced a lot of issues while we were collecting the data. Now, the first issue that you can see on the screen right here is the false data entry. Now, the false data entry usually takes place when a person is prohibited from saying the truth. Now, our database has lots of questions that we ask are very sensitive from our point of view. Like asking whether a person is alcoholic or not, or whether he's a smoker or not, whether that person is addicted to any kind of like abuse materials. So those kind of scenarios or in those cases, we cannot really ask them directly. Like if I'm a professional and I do have a client in front of me, and I just approach them in a very professional manner and say, are you a smoker or not? He won't be thinking about anything other than saying the false statement that maybe he is a smoker, but he would be saying, no, I'm not a smoker. So how do you know, cope out from this kind of scenario, this false data entry? So what we used to do next is that we used to give a training to all those uh, personals who used to collect the data. Now, to combat this kind of scenario, we told them, instead of asking them professionally or approaching them in a professional format, that asking them directly that whether you are a smoker or not, we told them to have a 
normal conversation at the beginning of the data collection. Tell them how important it is and how they're doing and maybe something like the scenario that is going around in everybody. So just making them feel comfortable around it. And then approach the question, but in a friendly manner, not even professionally. Don't go about saying like, okay, fine, everything is fine from your end. Everything seems fine from my end. Okay, I'll just go above. Now I have to ask you this question. You have to answer to it. And here goes the question. That won't even help. Instead, if we go like, hi, how was your day? And he replies it back, yeah, I had gone through a rough day today. And this has been the scenario. Then he'll be much more flexible with you. He will be more friendly with you. And they will answer to your questions. That is how we try to minimize the false data entry. Now, still, we had many uh, challenges regarding the next phase, that is the data collection and all those parts. So first challenge is sharing the data to international research institutes to gain the maximum knowledge that we can gain from it. So this data that we are capturing is said to have the maximum potential that it can deliver as per the project that we want to develop. But when we are sharing this data to these inter international institutes, there are a lot of restrictions as per the cost border data flow. Now, there's a restriction from our end, and there's also a restriction on those international seas, right? So they have a lot of cross-border data restrictions according to their policies of data privacy. Maintaining our restrictions and theirs causes a lot of data loss, which reduces the potential that the data could have delivered. So that is one challenge that we have faced. So the solution to that is open data access platform, which we are trying to develop through this project and via which we are trying to disclose this information and gain the maximum knowledge. We do want to abide by the policies, but we also want to keep the potential of the data. Us, iCure being the data owner, we do, when we collect this data, we ensure that particular customer or clients that your data is in safe hands. Now, when you're sharing this data internationally, they don't feel very comfortable sharing like these kind of data to any kind of international seas. So this open data access platform, if we showcase that to them, they will be much more feeling like they would be feeling secure that, okay, their data is really on the safe hands, even if it's at process or even if it's at transfer. Next is the data entry challenges, which I have already mentioned out there. That is the false data entry. And false data entry, there is one more thing that I have to add in out here, is that not only the case that the patient or the client is uncomfortable to say that. There is tons of reasons of uncomfortability. One being is that what will the society think of them if they say the truth, that yes, I'm a smoker? What will the political era think of them? that he's a politician, but he's a smoker. There's a lot of ego that is going back and forth in their minds and for which these kind of false entries take place. But we try to remove these false entries because then the potential of the data would increase. Next phase and the final phase that we know is a, going to be a huge challenge is developing this artificial intelligence or machine learning model that will minimize the machine errors and predict the hypertensive risk patients out of an entire crowd or population. Now for that, 
as we are just a technical company, we can only provide the technical support. We require the help from the doctors who have a higher knowledge about what data we should collect and how we can you know, properly integrate into the system so that they can predict that that particular patient is hypertensive risk or not. So we have collaborated with many medical officials and we have a principal investigator who investigates each and every process from the data collection till the AI machine learning model implementation or deployment. He would be assessing all the each and every steps that we are taking in for this project development so that we are on the right path and the machine error will be minimized. Thank you. That's all. So together, this effort will bring enormous value to the open data ecosystem and even bringing the different stakeholders to be a part of the learning healthcare system. Till now, where the clinicians and academicians were at the two ends of the healthcare ecosystem, we are bringing them through this effort together to exchange insights and bring more value and providing better services to the people to save more million lives. Thank you. Great, thanks so much, Tirumala and Adita. That was a fascinating talk, and it's great to hear the work that you're doing. Um, if we have any questions, please feel free to to post them in the chat or um, to raise your hand, because uh, now we'll have a chance to to air any questions. But uh, while I wait for some, I have a question for you both. Uh, when dealing with the personal patient data, how much does sort of anonymization come into Play with your practices and is there anything in particular you've learned in our sort of ODI Microsoft peer learning network that you didn't know before that you can apply to your practices? Yeah, Anandita, would you like to take that? Yeah, so basically when we were collecting raw data, we knew initially that the identity of a particular person is a quite important factor. So at the initial stage of when uh, we were collecting the data, we anonymized the person's name from the data set itself, from the first stage itself. So that the data does not you know, trace back to that particular person or somehow from the data, you would be knowing that what is the name of that individual. So we have anonymized the identity of that person. Irrespective of the other set of data that we collect, Yes, there are many kind of small uh, issues that we are facing. We didn't know exactly what a sensitive data is within that entire data set, which one is a non-sensitive data that we do not do, uh, be caring about uh, to that extent. So this discrimination of a sensitive and a non-sensitive data was a huge question. And in each and every platform that the ODI has given us, like in the, each and every workshop, we were able to construct this idea. We didn't, we had an idea, we had a goal that yes, we are going to develop this kind of an AI machine learning framework where we can predict the hypertensive risk patient. But we didn't have a constructive pathway that, that we were able to develop from the first workshop. And then right now it has been quite a roller coaster ride going back and forth and learning the few challenges that we have, like the one that I've stated in the presentation itself, that is a false data entry and all this kind of stuff. So we took care of that. We went back to the ground 
and we uh, came back to our technical support area and we tried to recover those but yes odi has helped us framework the entire project plan and we didn't even know that trust was a huge factor the trust and the trustworthiness we were able to come across that term when we did that we dug deep into our project where we are going wrong where which partner should we trust more how we are trusting them how they are trusting us and that was a big issue and we got to see a lot of uh, challenges and a lot of um, how do they say it was like a new knowledge that we have gained and how to combat that and that was one huge advantage we got and we are trying to tackle back and we are trying to develop on it so working on a project plan and making it fully like a constructive infrastructure for the project is i guess it's not a bit time consuming but we will be going on the right path right thanks anandisa i i have a follow up question but i'll just wait to see if there's if there's anyone in the audience who has a question um please let me know okay so my follow up question for you both was obviously I know about the project because uh, we've been working together on the peer learning network but could you share with the audience a little bit about um I know you've mentioned you have an ethics committee uh, to deal with sort of ethical questions that arise within the project and is there anything you could share sort of how that works what considerations come into play um yeah please that would be great yeah we have a ethics committee that comprises of uh, the doctors the legal advisors the academicians the technical experts so together uh, uh, we try to see uh, that if the research interventions are uh, following all the ethical practices that needs to be in place or not at the same time if there is any any ethical issues with the adherence to the legal formalities that also we try to see and overlook and then we don't we cannot overlook on those parts but then we take feedback from this committee and bring it and imply them in the ground and in the projects that we are doing so so ethics committee is very important and while our discussion with the peer learning network uh, i think this is also important for other members where we were able to share knowledge and how we need to construct a ethics committee and because that is something which is very important for every research interventions to have in place right thanks thirumala Um and is anywhere where you can direct people if they want to find out more information about IKEA and the work that you're doing? Sorry. Uh No, I was just going to say is it is there anywhere you could direct people who want to find out more about IKEA and the work that you're doing? Yes, uh there's a we have our own website so I can put it in the chat and then one can surely connect with us. Yeah, that would be great. Uh we got a question coming from JD. Uh they ask Does your data include tests or scans, etc., from hospitals, also results of genetic profile? Uh, yes, it includes um, reports, uh, the scan reports, and everything. But that not from the hospital, but from the services that we provide. So we provide our services in hubs and spokes and in camps. So we have different camps that we organize. Sometimes it's the MCH, the mother and child healthcare camp. Sometimes it's the pediatrician camps for the. children of or the toddlers sometimes it's a school intervention so whatever reports or scans that is being uh, done through this uh, interventions or the programs that becomes a part of our data as well great thanks do we have any last questions 
No, I don't think we do. Uh, thanks very much, Jermaine and Anandita, uh, for presenting. It was great to hear what you what you had to say and the work that we're doing. And I'm obviously looking forward to, to working with you more over the, the peer learning network. So thanks everyone for attending and have a good weekend. Sure, thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to a Friday lunchtime lecture brought to you by the Open Data Institute.